Peng Shuai is one of China's biggest tennis stars. Well, it wasn't straight off the return, but it was a sneak attack by Peng Shuai there. Superb, Shuai Peng. She's won Wimbledon and the French Open as a doubles player, and she was the only Chinese player to be ranked number one in doubles by the Women's Tennis Association. And on November 2nd, an alarming post appeared on one of her social media accounts. Alleging that she'd been sexually assaulted by a high-ranking retired member of the Chinese government. This was the former vice premier. Our colleague Joshua Robinson covers international sports. And he says that shortly after that post appeared, Peng disappeared. She was unheard from for a couple of weeks. And during that time, no one was quite sure where she was or what had become of her. The post disappeared almost immediately. And then you could not search for her uh, on the Chinese internet. So there was a real fear that not just her name had been erased, but that she might be in danger herself. The mystery surrounding Peng's whereabouts has also caused uncertainty about the future of all women's tennis in China. The head of the Women's Tennis Association has said that the organization might pull out of China entirely unless the country reassures him that Peng is safe. It's a threat that could cost his organization hundreds of millions of dollars. Three years ago, he'd been happy to take China's money, but here he was ready to say, we would consider pulling our business from China if these questions are not answered to our satisfaction. And that is a kind of unprecedented step for a a major sports executive. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Tuesday, November 23rd. Coming up on the show, the saga over Peng Shuai and what it could mean for the future of women's tennis in China. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. The post that appeared on Peng Shui's Weibo account on November 2nd made an allegation against a very senior member of the Chinese Communist Party, former Vice Premier Zheng Gaoli. The post alleges that she had been coerced into having sex and intimidated by Zhang, even in the course of a brief romantic relationship that they did have. How has Zhang responded? He has not responded at all. Really, we haven't had any response from the Chinese government other than the fact that all of a sudden, Peng's name basically disappeared from the Chinese internet. Peng is one of China's most famous athletes. She's known as one of its five golden flowers, a group of highly successful female tennis players who are the pride of the Chinese government. So when Peng wasn't seen in public for several days, the world took notice. On November 14th, the organization she plays for, the Women's Tennis Association, put out a statement. In it, the WTA's CEO and chairman, Steve Simon, commended Peng for her bravery and said he was deeply concerned that she was being censored. 
the WTA was worried for her safety, thinking she might disappear and not reemerge. But, you know, uh, I think it was very easy at that point to fear the worst. And certainly there was a certain degree of panic among fellow players and, and tennis officials. In the days that followed, tennis players from around the world joined the WTA in voicing their concerns for Punk's safety. Some were using the hashtag, where is Peng Shui? We heard from people like Naomi Osaka. We heard from Serena Williams. On the men's side, we heard from Novak Djokovic, Roger Federer, and Rafael Nadal. Their messages were all slightly different from each other. Some were more pointed to China, and some were strictly focused on her well-being. And I think that's not insignificant. I think the athletes who chose to focus strictly on her whereabouts and her well-being without even getting into the sexual assault, were very careful not to potentially endanger their prospects in China with regard to sponsorship and advertising. China is a huge market for sports in general. And in recent years, it's also become a promising frontier for women's tennis. Women's tennis is a relatively small sport. The WTA only brings in about $100 million a year. But Simon, the head of the organization, has identified China as a market for potentially enormous growth. Under Simon, the WTA signed a blockbuster deal with China in 2018. The biggest deal that the WTA made in China was a 10-year agreement to host the really prestigious tour finals in Shenzhen from 2019 to 2028. And when that was signed, the WTA chief said it was worth about a billion dollars to women's tennis. Wow. It's worth a billion dollars for a sport that currently only makes about $100 million a year? Exactly. He thought that overall, not just what it might bring into the WTA, but the money that it could generate just around those events and in terms of the growth it could spur on might be a a billion-dollar swing. So up until this point, what did the future of tennis in China, what was that supposed to look like? Up until now, it was seen as a place where, you know, you could hold increasingly popular, increasingly glitzy events that would come with a lot of prize money. And so when you up the prize money, you attract better players. Then everyone's a winner. The players earn more money. The tournaments get more exposure. China gets the exposure it's looking for as well. And women's tennis continues to have money to reinvest into the game. And that's from increasing prize money at the top to funding grassroots at the bottom. Holding the finals in China was a huge boon for women's tennis. In 2019, when the WTA final was held in Shenzhen, the winner took home $14 million, which was twice as much as the year before. And while the pandemic meant that the last two WTA finals haven't been held in China, the future of tennis in the country looked promising. That is, until Peng disappeared and Simon started speaking out. After the WTA's initial statement, Simon got an email, which Chinese state media later said was sent by Peng. So she wrote, Hello everyone, this is Peng Shui. Regarding the recent news released on the official website of the WTA, the content has not been confirmed or verified by myself and it was released without my consent. The news in that release, including the allegation of sexual assault, is not true. I'm not missing, nor am I unsafe. I've just been resting at home and everything is fine. Thank you again for caring about me. If the WTA publishes any more news about me, please verify it with me and release it with my consent. As a professional tennis player, I thank you all for your companionship and consideration. I hope to promote Chinese tennis with you all if I have the chance in the future. I hope Chinese tennis will become better and better. Once again, thank you for your consideration. Hmm. 
And how did people react to that email? People very quickly thought this uh, didn't smell right. They thought that the tone of it was wrong. They were surprised that she would recant the allegation so quickly. And this email didn't look like emails you might receive because there was still a cursor in the screen as if it were still in a word processor. So people suspected that it might be just a screenshot and otherwise bogus. And the WTA was certainly not convinced. The email did little to reassure Simon. In fact, it did the opposite. The WTA released another statement saying that Simon had a hard time believing she'd actually written the email herself. What does the WTA think at this point could be happening with Hong Shui? At that point, after the email, the WTA actually was more worried than anything else because suddenly it sounded like someone else was speaking for her and they had no idea who that was, who it might be, or where she might be. After the break, how Simon and the WTA tried to ramp up the pressure and find Peng Shui. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. This episode is brought to you by Natrol. Natrol is America's number one drug-free sleep aid brand, helping you fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. Natrol melatonin gummies are made with clean ingredients, like 99% pure melatonin, to work with your sleep cycle, helping you sleep better, making the next day your best day. Natrol. Sleep tonight. Live tomorrow. Shop now at Natrol.com. This product helps with occasional sleeplessness. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent diseases. Last week, Steve Simon took things a step further. He demanded a full investigation into the assault allegation, and he said that the WTA was ready to pull out of China. Here he is on CNN. We have to start as a world making decisions that are based upon um, right and wrong, period. And uh, we can't compromise that. And we're definitely willing to pull our business and deal with all the complications that come with it Um, Because this is certainly, um, this is bigger than the business. In going after China directly, Steve Simon was making a huge, huge decision uh, for the future of his sport. Because China put so much money on the table for events, for sponsorship, and for potentially growing the sport, because it represents such a huge market, the idea that he might endanger that relationship by speaking out is one that's quite present in the mind of sports executives and anyone else who does business with China in the sports industry. When other sports have gone up against China, it's cost them. In 2019, the general manager of an NBA team tweeted his support for protesters in Hong Kong. China retaliated. Chinese sponsors fled the NBA and the state broadcaster refused to air the league's games. As a result, the NBA later said it lost hundreds of millions of dollars. And the WTA faces the same kind of risk. If China suddenly 
decided it no longer wanted to deal with WTA, that's nine events immediately brushed off the table. That's a huge contract for the WTA finals, gone into thin air. So obviously Steve Simon is aware of what's happened to these other sports and the economic harm that they've experienced as a result of speaking out against China. So why do you think he and the WTA are deciding to take a different approach? I think that one difference for Steve Simon is that this is not a matter of justifying a tweet from someone or having to, to work around someone's political opinion. This is an extremely serious allegation of sexual assault against a uh, senior government official. And when there is that possibility of physical danger, I don't think that he really had much of a choice. There was a lot of urgency to this because no one knew where she was. Then, over the weekend, images of Peng showed up in Chinese state media. So photos and footage emerged of her first at a restaurant in Beijing. (laughs) Later, the next day on Sunday morning, she appeared at a youth tennis tournament where she was taking photos and signing autographs. The photos and, and videos really seemed to show her having a normal life. If you took them completely out of this context, they might seem like, any other generic athlete photos. Did anyone suspect that these might just be old images? Well, no one knew for sure. And that was one of the suspicions that was circulated immediately because, again, they came with no meaningful message from her part. Steve Simon said that he was glad to see them, but he had no idea if she was, quote, free and able to make decisions and take actions on her own without coercion or external interference. This video alone is insufficient. Chinese tennis officials who attended the dinner and the Sunday match didn't respond to requests for comment. The next day, Peng made another appearance, this time with an international sports organization. And it wasn't the WTA. Out of the blue on Sunday, the International Olympic Committee (laughs) released a statement saying that they had tracked down Peng Shui and she had engaged in a 30-minute video call with uh, the head of the Athletes Committee and the head of the the IOC, Thomas Bach. And while we haven't seen the full video, the chat, they said, was good-humored and she seemed well and happy. You know, we have very little information about this call. And, you know, through our reporting, we know that it was done at the request of the IOC and organized via the Chinese Olympic Committee. So there was still, in a way, government involvement there from China in making this happen. Why do you think a call took place with the IOC and not the Women's Tennis Association, which has been so vocal in their concern about her? The IOC takes credit for making this happen through quiet diplomacy rather than the quite forceful statements from the WTA. But it's important to remember that both China and the IOC are very much invested in making China seem like a safe place for athletes because... The world's top Winter Olympians are all heading there in a matter of weeks. Beijing is set to host the 2022 Winter Olympics in February. And Peng's disappearance has led some U.S. lawmakers to consider boycotting the event. A lot of politicians who are already quite hawkish on China saw it as an opportunity to ramp up that kind of rhetoric. And for instance, there were certain Republicans in Congress who started saying, not only could this happen to a Chinese athlete, But it doesn't sound like they'd be able to guarantee the safety of our American athletes over there. 
The WTA still hasn't said it's convinced that Pong is safe. Simon has said he wants to see a statement directly from her. Meanwhile, Joshua says that standoffs, like the one between the WTA and China, will likely keep happening. I think what a lot of sporting organizations have to realize when they go to countries like China that are not Western democracies is that they're giving up a lot of control over what their athletes might say and do, what they might be able to publicize. And really, it's in those sports organizations' interest to stay on a, in a very narrow lane of simply producing events and getting out. But that's not the way the sports world is going. Athletes are increasingly outspoken, and certainly in cases where there's alleged abuse like this, I don't think any sporting organization would expect its athletes to stay silent. That's all for today, Tuesday, November 23rd. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and the Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in this episode by Winshing Fan, Josh Chin, and James Arity. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.